Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So-So, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another episode of Sports with So-So. Bonus material, y'all. That's right. This is the Miami Dolphins Draft Day Preview. The draft is tonight, so So-So and Joel decided to give you guys a little taste of what you can expect from your Miami Dolphins tonight. Man, it's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. With the sixth pick in the NFL 2021 draft, the Miami Dolphins select. Give the people what they want, Joel. Kicker, Ray Finkel. Yes! Let's go, baby. Let's go, Ray Finkel, baby. Laces out. Never laces in. <laughs> What's good, my G? What's going Happy on, bro? Happy freaking draft day, dog. This is honestly top five most exciting days for an NFL fan, right? And then, like, you got the Super Bowl up there. Obviously, if your team makes the playoffs, any one of those games are going to be top five. And then, obviously, the, to round off the top five would be fantasy football draft. But the real draft is, bro, man, it's like... I don't know, man, being hooked on something because people literally watch this four-day, three-day event every single hour waiting for their, their team to come up on the ticker and say, yo, this is who we got. Yeah, and more so when our team has a ton of picks and multiple first-round picks, too. Makes Bro, it that much more exciting. Loaded. We are loaded with picks, man. We got eight picks in this draft, and um, you never know. That could always turn into 10, 9, 12 real quick. You know, because as you know, and everybody else here in this podcast, uh, draft day is usually wheeling and dealing day. You know, a lot of trades get, get made that day because teams get desperate. Um, people feel like somebody's going to take their guy and you hear rumors and all this stuff. And it's a it's a very hectic day for everybody who's working that draft room, right? The war room. But for us, the fans, it's just... You know, it's good to know, like, hey, we got another piece that we can add to the team that can improve it immediately, you know, and help us get to the playoffs. And for the Dolphins, that's that's exactly where we're at. You know, we have two picks in the first round. We have the number six pick that we ended up getting, and uh, we have the number 18 pick as well. And, you know, from everything I've read, uh, and I'm pretty sure you've read it as well, it looks like we're focused on three guys, you know? The three- yeah, uh, it, it all depends, man. I mean, right now, I mean, we can go through what, what, what the consensus is, right, for, for the projections. I think some of them are, well, are pretty much locked in. Right. I mean, number one is locked in, right? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is like the most definite one. Yeah, for sure he's locked in at number one. There's no doubt that Jacksonville is is desperate, desperate, desperate for a franchise QB, and they feel like Trevor Lawrence and a lot of people other you know in NFL that know way more than you and I. They feel like Trevor Lawrence is that guy, so we know he's going to be the first QB taken. The question is, right. how many QBs are going to be taken off the board? And and I don't know about you, man, but I feel like there could be anywhere between you know five to six QBs in in the first fifteen fifteen. Picks, which is not crazy. Yeah, so I mean, we see Trevor Lawrence uh, at number two. We at have one. the Jets. Uh, no, I was sorry. Yeah, so Trevor Lawrence at one, and then at number two we have the, the New York Jets, uh, who right now it, I think they have either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson from BYU going to him in some mock drafts. I think actually it's Wilson. I don't think it's Justin Fields. 
Yeah, you're um, right. I, from everything that I've seen, you know, um, I saw Todd McShay's uh, last mock draft. I saw Mel Kuyper's last mock draft. I even saw the guys from Pro Football Focus um, and their latest mock draft from Mike Renner. And a lot of those, almost everybody has those two first picks locked in, right? The first one being um, Trevor Lawrence, like we spoke about, and the second one being Zach Wilson, you know, the kid from BYU. It's pretty much like the the Jets made that move known once they traded Sam Darnold, right? Like they got rid of him and he was like, well, we're definitely rebuilding here and, and we're taking this opportunity to, to get a, a franchise-changing QB, you know, and that's what they're doing with Zach Wilson, it feels like. Right, so I, you know, I, I think the Jets. I mean, we don't know if it's going to be Zach just yet. You know, the Jets can pull a Jets move and, and go with somebody that we're not thinking about. But I mean, whether they go with Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, or Justin Fields, you know, either way, that doesn't affect the Dolphins as much since we're not in the running. Clearly, right. you know, we we move back from the third overall, which is where the the Niners are. That's where they're um, picking. That's where things get interesting, right? Because yeah. we don't really know what to believe from what we're hearing what what the Niners like. A lot of the people are saying that, you know, the Niners are really in love with Mac Jones and Shanahan really wants that to be his guy. And then a couple of other guys in the the offensive war room are are looking or leaning towards the Justin Fields kids that we talked about from Ohio State. I don't know how you feel like they're going to go, but if I'm the Niners and I move up to three, you kind of got to go with the home run hit, right? Which is, or the home run swing to say you, which is Justin Fields, you kind of go for him, right, and not Mac Jones? Uh, I mean, in the way the NFL's trending today, I think you go Justin Fields. You know, we've seen um, the, the Kyler Murray, the Lamar Jacksons, you know, these, these new protege-style uh, quarterbacks that are, you know, versatile and can run the ball and throw the ball accurately and, you know, make the right decisions. So, you know, I, I think Fields possesses more of that all-around athletic um, build that you're looking for from a, from your modern QB now, whereas Mac Jones presents more of your 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 traditional quarterback, right? Um, don't get me wrong, Mac Jones has a hell of a resume. I mean, obviously, he's a national champion in Alabama now. Um, you know, he, he obviously played for Alabama, one of right. the winning records of coming out of this draft. Um, so you know, so not he's battle tested. You can definitely yeah. say that Justin Fields is battle tested. You know, and probably just as much, if not more, than Mac Jones, because Mac Jones has had to step up in big games and win games for Alabama. You know, um, they they did end up winning a national championship, and you know, they are who who people thought that they were. And that that program always has a way of churning out good quarterbacks and college systems. And we're trying to see if they. If it actually finish, finishes translating into the NFL, you know, because we've seen quarterbacks come from Alabama and and try to make a name for themselves in the NFL and it just doesn't work, right? Um, Justin Fields is a little bit different because he got to play under a different program in Ohio State and kind of learn different, some new things, which could help him be a good quarterback, you know? And for the Niners, you know, they have a dark horse, too, in Trey Lance. So we don't really know at this point where they're going to be heading. A lot of people say Mac Jones, but if they do do that and pick Mac Jones or Justin Fields, I feel like the other two teams in front of us are still going to try to go quarterback, which just bodes well even more so for the Dolphins, right? And, and I'm glad I'm glad you brought up Trey Lance because, yeah, absolutely, it could be Trey Lance that goes before Mac Jones. Um, but if Trey Lance is still there, um, there's a team right before us that you could get them in Atlanta at number four. Uh, they can easily, you know, that's kind of what I'm thinking. It's like, you know, if you're Atlanta, you got Matty Ice, you know, the biggest game of his career was 28-3. to Everybody remembers the Super Bowl against the Patriots. 
He had, you know, he's kind of been on a decline. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you mm-hmm. want to add pieces to an old, you know, Matt Ryan, or would you rather rebuild? And yeah, you can go for the stud and then Cal Pitts, who's a, you know, a freak of nature, and a, you know, he's an anomaly. But at the same time, you know, is that the best thing for your franchise? Is he going to be the guy to rebuild around, or can you get a guy like Trey Lance, um, who you know does look good right now too, um, and and re, you know build your franchise around him, which means that at that point, if that was to happen, right. that's four back-to-back QBs off the board. Off the board. And again, that that bodes well for Miami and their interests, right? Because that's really what we care about. Um, and, you know, like I said, that bodes well for Miami because that just puts us in a position where we can select one of those premier playmakers that we're looking at, right? The Kyle Pitts, the Devontae Smiths, the Jamar Chase, the Jalen Waddles. We're looking to get one of those guys. And if those quarterbacks are being picked ahead of us, man, we're looking super solid when it comes to the sixth pick. So let me let me ask you this. So, so we got the sixth pick, four QBs get taken before at, before us, and with the fifth pick, the Bengals that don't need a quarterback and need to protect Joe Burrow so he doesn't get another injury this year. They go with that that uh, offensive tackle from Oregon. We got the pick of litter at six, including Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, all those names you rattled off. Who do you want with the Dolphins? I'm going to tell you right now. Ready? Let me hear it. Kyle Pitts is the pick, man. Kyle Pitts is the pick for me, you know, because I feel like he's a, a once-in-a-lifetime type of player, you know, that you – that you can get somebody who's as freakishly as athletic as he is, you know, and build off that guy and have him be the best target that he can possibly be for Tua Tagovailoa, you know, because that's what it's about. It's about making Tua, you know, feel comfortable and putting him in the best position in order to succeed. And for this offense to reach that next level where it needs to be in order to be a serious playoff team, right, and and be in that hunt for real, for real, we're going to need talent, and we're going to need talent on the outside. And Kyle Pitts is literally the best talent on the outside that we can get in the draft. And if he comes – and if he's available there at six, the Dolphins have to get him. Like, there's no, there's no doubt about it. We have to get him. I, I think I'm with you there, man. I mean, granted, I know I know like, we got Mike Gusecki, but I, I was, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast since last year when we were right in the thick of things with the with the Dolphins in their yep. season, yep. you know, I was a big proponent of our tight ends, uh, backing our tight ends, and, and that being a big part of our offense. Um, and he, like you said, I mean, this guy is the this, this is the unicorn of tight ends right now. I mean, this or even the, like ball catchers coming into the draft. He's six six, two forty. Uh, no, he's the best. Shit. He's the best receiver, you know. Yeah, and let's so, not say wide receiver. He's just the best receiver that we that we can pick. You know what I mean? Like the best playmaker threat is him. You know, absolutely. And if if by chance Atlanta was to take take him before you know we had a chance to, I'm perfectly, totally, completely fine with settling for Jamar Chase. I don't know how you feel. I kind of go the other way with that, man. And let me tell you why, right? Here's here's something that I'm going to say to Pitts, which leads me in the direction of Devontae Smith, right? Okay. Pitts, last year, not this past year that just happened, you know, the previous year, 2018-19 season, he, was, he dropped nine passes, tight third, right? Tight for third among all the co- tight ends in, the, in college football. 
then he improves to 43 receptions, zero drops on 66 targets last year. Most targets in college football without a drop. So, like I said, he is the best playmaker, safety net, whatever you want to call it, target for Tua because he's his size and his ability just screams that. The next best guy after that is Devontae Smith. Why? Because he has huge hands, huge range of motion, quickness, separation speed, and an ability to put him to run the route to perfection, right? Use his tools in order to get open to make the throw even easier. So people kind of look down on him and be like, oh, he's only 166 pounds. And, you know, that's kind of fragile weight to be a number one wide receiver. And I'm like, okay, maybe you can point to that being light for the NFL. But you know as well as I do, there's no doubt that they're going to bulk him up, you know, five to six pounds. And he's going to put on muscle and whatever. But the most important thing that he brings to the table is his speed, explosiveness, and his hands, and his jumping ability. If you give me those four things and say, this was the guy that won the Heisman this past year, yeah, I'm okay with him being my 1B. You know what I mean? Because he's not of a freak of an athlete. You know, he's 6'1", like I said, 166, as opposed to Cal Pitt, 6'6", 240. You know, yeah, the, the physically, they're not going to look the same. But the pass-catching ability and the ability, about the talent, let's say, to get open and to become a target for Tua, man, nobody does it better than than Smith. If Kyle Pitts is off the board, no, I can see that. And, and to your to your credit, I mean, Tyreek Hill, five ten, not the biggest guy in nope. the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins, he's six one. He only weighs two hundred pounds, two hundred and ten on a good day. It has the best hands in the NFL. I mean, that's exactly to your point. You know, the, the explosiveness, that X factor. You know, that that's. That's what, in my opinion, that's what any of these guys bring to the table. Um, you know, whether it's Jamar Chase, Pitts, um, you know, uh, Devontae Smith, even even Jalen Waddle. You know, we've seen what he was yep. able to do there. But what I like about Jamar Chase was that when Justin Jefferson, who is, you know, the I don't know, did, he, did, he, did, Jeff, did Justin Jefferson win Rookie of the Year this year? Because if not, he, he definitely should have been in that running for it. Cause <laughs> he was he nasty. I think he did end up winning it. And I'm not sure. I'll have to double check on that. But he he played alongside Jamar Chase, and when he did, he was the second best receiver on that team to Jamar Chase. Yeah. So you know, if, if that was able to translate for uh, for him for Justin Jefferson in the NFL in his first year, that that's what gets me excited about Jamar Chase coming into this draft. Yeah, for sure. Those guys, like you mentioned, they're they're threats, you know, and we need threats for Tua because that's the main thing, you know, getting threats for Tua with this first pick. We'll address other needs that we have, and we're going to talk about it now. But, you know, the main pick with this sixth pick, if we don't move and things fall as they may, and we can choose between Pitts, Smith, Chase, Waddle, and, and that bunch, I feel like you definitely got to go Pitts. And if he's not there, you definitely got to go Smith, you know. You definitely got to go smooth. Nah, I'm, I'm with you. And I just double-checked. It was actually Chase Young that won the Rookie of the Year last year uh, with Washington, helped him make the playoffs. That I think Herbert won it. No, Herbert. Uh, actually, you're right. Yeah, Herbert, Herbert won, won it. He, he was the Offensive Rookie of the Year, yeah. Yeah, and he which he had a defense. great year too. He deserves it, but Justin Jefferson he definitely elevated, you know, the ability of Minnesota's offense. You know, and that's what we're looking yeah. for—a wide receiver who yeah. can elevate, 
the the limitations of this offense, man, and get it really through the roof and make the other guys that we signed play just as well. You know, Will Fuller, we have those guys in house. You know, so it's not like we still have Devonte Parker. Um, it's not like we don't have talent or you know some type of skills in that in that position. But we need a game changer, you know, and 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 man, that'll do wonders for this offense, bro. You know, something so else. Let me, that, ask, uh, you, let me ask you a question then. How would you feel then? So we, we you know, they're projecting uh, Sine, the offensive tackle. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but they're projecting him to go to Cincinnati. What if, if Cincinnati decided to go instead with the playmaker, the company Joe Burrow, and the Dolphins were to go ahead and pick up an offensive tackle with their with their first pick in the first round? That's not the move, bro. Like they can justify that, right? You can always justify, you know, protecting the the quarterback, the franchise quarterback especially with the best offensive linemen available. But I don't think that that's the move, man, because our offensive line played well. Not great, but they played well, especially for learning this year how to play together as a unit. You got to give that unit time, you know, and just throwing a rookie in there and putting them in a prime position is probably not the best idea. You know, I'm not saying we don't draft the linemen at some point in the third, fourth, fifth round, you know, whatever. But with the sixth pick, I don't feel like that's an immediate, immediate need, you know. So, yeah, it makes sense for anybody to pick that guy. You know, he's a stud. He's going to be a stud for the next five, six years. But we're not looking for a stud offensive lineman. We're looking for a stud playmaker on the outside, you know. I'll be honest with you, if the Dolphins were to do something like that, man, I would be livid. I'd be fucking pissed. With this class of players, this pool of players, with all this talent, you know, don't get me wrong, you always use linemen, you always need big guys, but it's the Dolphins' time to get, you know, potentially one of the best, you know, young players coming into the league. For sure, especially with, again, the plethora of picks that we have. You know, we can even talk about our 18th pick. You know, a lot of people are saying that the Dolphins can – um, make a, a good move by finding a running back there, maybe taking the best running back available, you know, or maybe taking Jalen Phillips, hometown kid, the defensive end from the U. Um, there's a lot, a lot of things that we can do with that second pick. And, and I feel like, bro, the Dolphins can really take uh, a shot and, and find somebody who's nasty. I've even seen us picking uh, the, the defensive end, Kawhi Page from Michigan, you know, who was pretty, pretty nasty. He had 21% pressage percentage, um, ranked second in college football. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we need an edge rusher at this point? Do you think we need a linebacker? Or or you think we should keep um, the offensive slot going and, and draft the running back here, even though it'll be crazy early, you know? Um, I think I think that, uh, you know, the Dolphins are going to go defense with that pick. Like, we're going to go offensive heavy on that number six pick. And I think we're going to end up going with a defensive player. Now, you know, whether that's going to be a, a D lineman or an edge rusher, like an outside linebacker, I, I, I don't know exactly. I think either one would help us out, right? Because, you know, losing a couple of important pieces on the defensive side of the ball, like Van Noy and uh, Gatto. I, I don't know. show. You know, we lost those two guys. I think we need somebody. We, you know, we got some good interior guys, but we definitely need some help on the outside. So that wouldn't be a bad pick, uh, you know, to go out there. Um, but I mean, obviously, starting with the hometown, I want the kid to come home, play where his old boy, you know, laid his roots. It'd be dope if we got Patrick Sertan Jr. out there, man. It's never gonna happen. He's gonna go way sooner, and we're not gonna take him at six. That's for sure. But how cool would it be if he fell to eighteen and we could take another quarter? 
no, that's that would be like out of this world. You know what I mean? To get another cornerback and and lock it down that. That'd be ridiculous, but like you said, man, I don't see the Dolphins going cornerback, you know. Um, yeah, our secondary is stacked anyway, too. We're stacked, I, you know? I want that Sertan jersey, you know, the Dolphins uniform again. Yeah, for sure. That, w- that would be amazing, dog, to have Sertan and Sertan. Imagine if he keeps just dropping and then, boom, we end up trading back into the second round, in the first round to get him. That'll be crazier. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, but I doubt no, it. Yeah, I think I think I think uh, I would also like you know running back. I mean, uh, there's a bunch of great running backs in this draft class too that are projected to go mid to late first round, including Etienne from uh, from Clemson. From Clemson. Uh, you got well, you got also, those two badasses, Javante Williams and Michael Carter from North Carolina. Those guys are pretty nasty. Najee Harris from Alabama. Najee Harris is another one I got my eyes on, man. Yeah, and, and those guys look like they're going to be dropping, you know? Like, obviously, they're not going to be a top 10 pick, none of those guys, because of just the durability that you don't get from the running back position doesn't really, you know, signify, like, it doesn't calculate for you to pick up a, a running back that early. But for for us to to target, you know, a running back with our 18th pick would not be too crazy. Or maybe even if we use the early second round pick, you know, we got the number 36 pick that we traded for um, that we got in the trade from Houston. Maybe we can use one that one of those picks right there to get one of those guys you mentioned, because not lying to you, bro. If our third pick in the draft is Najee Harris, Travis 18, Javante Williams or Michael Carter. I already give our team like a draft grade of B or A minus. You know what I mean? Like off rip. And that's assuming that we just get a defensive player with the second pick. Yeah, and we're only three picks in, right? We still got five more picks to go. Absolutely, man. You know? So that that would definitely set us up. You know, something that I read which made me happy, bro, is that like we plan on solidifying or taking some shots, like you said, on the cornerback or linebacking positions in those late rounds. You know, we're targeting – we only have a fifth-round pick. We don't have a fourth or a sixth. But with that fifth and and those two sevens, I feel like they're going to try to find some defensive gems, you know, guys that we can throw into the rotation, not necessarily be a a starter or a star, but just somebody who can be part of the rotation because I feel like the the injury bug kind of got to us last year, you know, and we lost some guys for a game or two where we just didn't have enough rotation or enough guys that we can throw out that defense. You know, the defense was badass, but then we started losing players and this guy missed the game and then we had our best corner out for two games, you know. So I feel like the Dolphins are going to use that third, that fifth, seventh, and those seventh round picks to really, like, solidify the defense. I'm looking for offense in those first two rounds, right? Heavy offense first two rounds, and then, boom, defensive just overloading the rest of the draft. I, I agree, and I can see it happening that way, too. You know, take advantage early of some of these, you know, high-risk, high-reward players, offensively skilled players um, in the early rounds, and then, you know, let the, you know, genius mind that is uh, – Coach Flores is, you know, defensive schemes come in and, and, and handle the rest of the draft, stacking up the players that he needs to build, you know, a, a championship caliber defense. No, so for sure. For sure. And, and look, man, you know, we as Dolphins fans cannot really complain with the moves that Chris Gear and company has done. Um, they've obviously made great moves this offseason to put us in this position where we can really go for it and get some some real good talent in this draft and ultimately become a playoff team. And you know that that's the goal. I know that C- Coach Flo was kind of pissed that we didn't make it last year. And us too, you know, we were kind of expecting to make it. You know, that stupid Denver game will forever live in our minds. But 
the goal is to make the playoffs and we can use this draft to really like cement that, you know, and, and put this team on the right foot moving forward for this next season, man. I completely agree, man. I'm, I'm pumped. So we got eight picks. We got two first round picks, the number six and the number 18. We got two second round picks, number 36, number 50. We got a third round pick at number 81. Yep. A fifth round pick, number 156. And then we got two seventh round picks. Which and everybody knows what can happen in the seventh round. You can get yourself a Brady. Yeah, you can get yourself a Brady. Or you can draft yourself a Ray Finkel. You know what I mean? <laughs> Laces out, Dan. Laces out, baby. Ray Finkel on the board. You know, I'm going to save this little sound here, bro, for my draft day. Fantasy oh, we, draft. we need to have that. We need to have that. That's hey, let me ask you a question. Shoot. Uh, so by the time everybody's listening to this, we got the draft tonight kicking off at 8 p.m. How are you going to keep the people up to date with everything? Well, I'm going to be doing uh, kind of like a live homie chill type draft party you know um we're gonna be meeting up at my homeboy's house i'm gonna take the roadcaster i'm gonna set up two three mics there and we're just gonna have you know my different friends jump on and say a couple words about the draft picks and whether you know he's a tennessee fan or a cowboys fan or a patrons fan or even a freaking 49ers fan you know um it's gonna be interesting to hear what those other guys think and what they think about what the dolphins is doing bro so we're gonna have some fun experiment a little bit with the roadcaster and then you know i'm gonna hopefully get some good cuts out of that that we can put on the show and you know show people how you know, a normal draft party is, you know, in the times of COVID. Oh, yeah, man, I like it. If I wasn't out of town, you know, I'd be there. But Absolutely. I'll definitely be uh, chiming in with you when, whenever we, that uh, those first couple picks happen on. No doubt, on bro. No doubt. And it's going to be dope because guess what? We're going to have pizza mañana. Pizza mañana. Pizza. The heat, baby. We beat the Spurs, man. Let's go. 116-111. We needed that. You know, I know you guys tuned in, but we needed that, bro. We really did need that. All we need now is for the the Marlins. They wrapped it up. 6-2 beat Milwaukee today. All we need is for the Panthers to take care of business tomorrow and tonight on Thursday. And... It's good to go, but well, we had some big news for the Panthers. We are we clinched the, the, playoff the playoffs. Spot. Yeah, man, shout out to the Panthers. Um, yeah, no doubt, bro. Shout out to that whole staff, the GM, um, down to the coach, down to the towel boy, man. Those boys are working hard over there this whole season to to not only make the playoffs, but be, be one of the best teams in the NHL, man. Um, it's really uh, a good thing to see. Um, it's always nice, man. You know, we're a home team podcast, and whenever one of our home teams are doing well. It's it's just a joy for us to watch and enjoy, bro. And I can't wait to go see him in person. Oh yeah, we got we got less than two weeks. Yes, sir. Well, it's gonna be on and popping, bro. But at least we locked this draft day episode down, cause another one in the books. Oh yeah, man, I'm pumped. Let's hope the Dolphins don't fuck it up. Nah, I doubt it, bro. I doubt it, dog. Cause I feel like we're gonna hear this with the sixth pick, the Miami Dolphins select. Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida University, man. And then the crowd's going to go wild, bro. <laughs> Hopefully, man. Hopefully. Uh, I'm excited. Yes, sir. I appreciate you tuning in, bro, and jumping in on the call for me, dog. Anytime, brother. No matter where I'm at, the sports are so so is going down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And everybody else, I want to thank you so much for listening to the special episode that we dropped for you guys. Um, you know that we try to do our best to keep you guys, you know, not only intrigued and 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 you know in tune with what's happening, but we got to drop off the little surprises and keep you guys, you know, off beat a little bit. So you guys always stay tuned and see what's going on with sports and so so. All right. So make sure you guys are tuning into this episode. Let your friends hear it and share the love. And if you like the show, tell a friend. 
tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. About the dope podcast that we got going on, y'all. You know we're doing things like this. We're going to give you more stuff, more sports content on the way as we kick into the offseason with most of our teams. And, you know, we're just going to keep it 305 out, Miami out, until we can't no more. So until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.